0: Are you a fan of this podcast? Do you wish there was even more juicy content for you to sink your ears into? Well, there is. You can become a premium member of this podcast for $5.99 a month and get full access to an archive of amazing check us out at affordableinteriordesign.com click on podcast to learn more and to become a premium member today you don't need a high-end designer or a lot of money to get a luxe look be your own interior designer this is Affordable Interior Design, the podcast. Here's your host, Betsy Hellman. So far, 2020 is happening. How is 2020 happening for you? I think we always expect that, just like with a birthday, we'll wake up and feel different or life will be different. This year, I am sensing a new perspective on the horizon, but I must say, 2020 started out rather anticlimactically. My husband and I were so excited to have a cozy night on the couch while our kids slept, and instead we gave them a special treat of hot chocolate before bed. And it was too rich, and my daughter was up with a stomach ache until 1 a.m. So we were sitting with her in the bathroom reading Berenstein Bears, and then We promised to have New Year's the next night, which we did, but it was not quite the same thing. So when your New Year starts out with a simper instead of a bang, you know, how do you navigate that? Well, you just keep it moving, right? You keep it moving. And um, so welcome to 2020. Today is a beautiful 65-degree day in New York, and so no complaints here. Let's dig in. My first question comes from Anne. Anne writes, Hi Betsy, we're shopping for new sofas and we're considering leather. I remember that you don't recommend leather, but I'm not sure why. I love your podcast and respect your opinion, so please enlighten me before I make a major purchase. Thanks. All right, Anne, there are several reasons why I don't like leather. First of all, it's prohibitively expensive, typically. And the alternative is pleather and that does not leave for a good look or feel. The other reason I don't like leather is when you prop up your throw pillows, your blanket, you know, you have everything perfectly styled while it's just a slip and slide for those items. Nothing stays where you put it, it doesn't wind up looking chic, it winds up looking schlumpy with those accessories. The other reason I don't like leather sofas is because when you're sitting on them or laying on them to binge watch whatever you're watching these days, succession, well, it doesn't breathe well. So if there's any exposed skin, if you're wearing shorts or a tank top, you're going to stick. You might sweat more than normal. These are the reasons I do not like leather sofas. Additionally... If someone has grommets on the back of their jeans, if your pets wind up scratching the leather, you can't easily repair a scratch, and the job would be easier to take away a stain from fabric. So as you can see, there are many strikes against leather in my humble opinion, and I tend to only recommend fabric for such a large upholstered item like a sofa or sectional. For an armchair, an ottoman, I think leather can be a perfect juxtaposition of texture, and I love to use it there. All right, Anne, I think you wrote in another time with another question, so I'm going to tackle that now. You write, Thank you so much for hosting your wonderful podcast. I discovered it a few weeks ago and have almost caught up by binge listening, believe it or not. My husband and I have just gone under contract on a second home in the Colorado mountains. As you can see from my pictures, it's very heavy on mountain decor, which I really dislike. We'll be installing new floor, paint, replacing all the furniture in the great room. As you can see from the shape of the room, it's very long and skinny, so a sectional fits quite nicely. I'm very picky about sofas and haven't found a sectional I absolutely love. I do adore this Chelsea sofa and loveseat from Joybird, and reviewers have found it to be very comfortable. What an acceptable alternative to a sectional would be to place the loveseat centered on the large window at the end of the room and center the long sofa on the long wall across from the TV? This would leave a small space in the corner that might accommodate a floor lamp or a small round-in table with a lamp. I would love to hear your thoughts. Thanks so much, Anne. All right, Anne. So yes, I mean, a sectional is essentially a loveseat and a standard sofa that has a corner piece that attaches them all together. So if you just forego that corner piece, you are left with a void that's absolutely perfect for an end table, a floor lamp that's maybe got a tripod base, something like that. I don't mind that. the th- The reason why I prefer a sectional to a love seat and a sofa in this configuration is because you kind of lose the usability of that corner, right? You can't sit on it like a chaise with your back in the corner piece and your legs extending out onto the love seat. You you know instead of looking like one piece it looks like two pieces that are in the same fabric and same style so typically if i was going to use a love seed i would have it be a contrasting look to the main sofa maybe the main sofa is neutral and the love seat is in a color maybe the main sofa has Tall legs, maybe the love seat extends all the way to the floor. These are some ways that I look for that contrast or juxtaposition in order to make everything not look so matchy, matchy. And if I am just going for matchy, matchy or one cohesive piece, well, I'd be inclined to do a sectional. So I understand if you are very particular why you would want to keep going with this look of the sofa because. The sofa that you recommended from Joybird, the Chelsea, is a very particular look. It's sleek, it doesn't have back cushions, and so this could be hard to replicate in a sectional style. I'm open in other words, it's just not my first response and also you do have that big bank of windows on that one side of the narrow room, but you also have a door leading out to some type of patio and you want to make sure that the love seat will not extend past the door. You also want to make sure that the love seat starts after the end of the sofa because I always hate it when the love seat sort of overlaps the line of the long sofa. So that's my thought on that and I hope it helps with your purchases and I'm very excited for your new mountain getaway. All right, my next question comes from Aurora. She writes, hi Betsy, I love your podcast. I'm doing a big overhaul in my apartment and I'm trying to really make it mine since I have no intentions to ever, ever leave. I've been wanting to do a rainforest themed bathroom which would mean a lot of green. As I've heard you say multiple times now, Green is not good for a bathroom. We want to look cute in our bathroom selfies, after all. But is there any shade of green that could work? Can I do, like, a deep green? Or just no. White or something else. Thanks, Aurora. Aurora. The only time I think you should not have a green bathroom is if that bathroom is going to be one in which you do your makeup. One in which you expect to see a true representation of how you actually look when you look in the mirror. If this is a powder room... If this is a casual bathroom that you're not doing your makeup in, go for it. Express yourself. Make a bold choice. In that kind of bathroom, I am totally open to colorful walls, to wallpaper, to loud statements. But bear in mind that if you are doing your makeup in here, you will not get a true reflection of how you actually look. That beige shimmer eyeshadow will look totally different in an emerald green bathroom than it would in say one that's painted in Benjamin Moore's Navajo White just keep that in mind and then do whatever you want. Maybe you'll take your bathroom kit and make a small vanity area in your master. Maybe you'll just put your makeup on near a window and everything will be solved. And now it's time for a quick commercial break. Did you know that interior designers get up to 40% off all items at most major retailers? Do you wish you could have access to our full design discounts? 20% off at places like Pottery Barn, West Elm. 25% off at Restoration Hardware. 35% off at Joybird. Well, now you can. Affordable Interior Design is offering their Designer Discount Shopping Service. For $399, you get full access to our trade discounts for up to 25 unique items. No markups, no catch. Just head to AffordableInteriorDesign.com, go to the Plans and Pricing page, and you will see our Designer Discount Shopping Service. Click there, submit your shopping list online, and let us take care of the rest. On average, our clients save over $1,200 using this service. So head over to AffordableInteriorDesign.com to check out our full list of discounts and more. Okay, my next question comes from, let's see, who is this from? Emily. Emily writes me, Hi Betsy, I hope you're well. I discovered your podcast last week and I literally cannot stop listening. I love how honest and authentic you are and I feel connected to you already. So my husband and I are closing in on our first home. It's going to be a condo, a loft, and it's really exciting. However, I really want to make the right decisions about paint color, lighting, finishes, and furniture and I thought I'd come to you for some advice. Our current apartment, the one we're moving out of, is furnished really modern, and it has a lot of natural light, but the one we're moving into is on a darker street and doesn't get much natural light. It's also very traditional, and the previous seller put in wall-to-wall walnut built-in storage units and desks. The bar is also walnut with a walnut backsplash, hello wood factory! I'm planning to paint the cabinet simply white and put in new countertops and a backsplash white caesar stone. I'm having a lot of difficulty making this space lighter and brighter and not look like a wood factory. Do you have any recommendations on how I can make this space my own? Also, there's a small area where a console table currently sits. Any suggestions on what I can do with this space? It's about 65 inches wide. I've attached some pictures and would love your advice. Thanks, Emily. So Emily, yes, I totally understand what you're saying from these pictures here. Between the floors and the wall of built-ins that look to be very nice in style but are oppressive in terms of their mid-tone wood look. I can see why you're trying to break away from that especially because in these pictures it appears that the drapes that go practically floor to ceiling are also beige and so we do have a lot of brown in this particular space your inspiration was right in thinking that maybe then the kitchen cabinets could go a different color now i have heard and you'll want to do some research on this yourself but i have heard that simply white when you paint wood in that color from benjamin moore does tend to yellow so you'll want to look that up because i have heard that through the design grapevine but i think painting those cabinets in white could be a really nice choice i'm slightly concerned about the white caesar stone because as you know white on white white cabinets on a white countertop well neither of them are going to look like true white because they won't be exactly the same and even if they're exactly the same when you start because you say color match well over time the cabinets will you know change color due to sun exposure even though you say there's not too much natural light in here whereas the countertops most likely won't change color so you're still going to see some differentiation there I think the onus is on you to really bring in some other colors and some other tones with the furniture ideally trying completely to avoid brown or even beige. We don't want that kind of cafe latte effect in here. So I would skew more towards some cool colors for your 60-30-10 to offset this very warm walnut. Uh, That means blues, purples, greens and then making the smaller punches a warm color. I think that will really help. You'll layer in those rugs, you'll have a sofa that maybe instead of leaning beige, leans gray. And I think with just being very considerate about what you bring in, you'll easily be able to diffuse all the wood. Also, when people aren't living in a space yet, when your new pieces aren't there, And all you're seeing are the bones of the space, be it the built-ins, the wood flooring, the kitchen. Well, it can seem very overwhelmingly one tone. But when you're layering in your artwork, your rugs, your own drapes, it can really change the look of the space dramatically. Especially if you do so consciously with the tips I just laid out. Okay, my next question comes from Maria. Maria writes... Betsy, I've attached some pictures and I know that my space looks pretty good. I've covered all the basics, but I do want to make it look magazine worthy. What are some next level touches I should make sure that I'm incorporating? Alright, so Maria, based on your pictures, you do have that foundation. All the major pieces appear to be in place in terms of sofas, in tables, coffee tables. You're missing some crucial elements, however. You do need a rug, right? And people say to me, Betsy, I have allergies. Betsy, I have a naughty pet. And I get that. I have both of those situations. But still, a rug really helps not only break up the flooring, but also visually divide the room into zones. And it creates visual interest on the floor. I would recommend looking at FLOR tiles, floor tiles, if you have any of the aforementioned afflictions, Maria. Or if you don't, you want to just buy a large rug. The other thing that I recommend that you add is some shine, right? I don't know if you've read my book, but I have a section called the Super Super Secret Seven. And there's seven elements that I think every room should have in order to be complete. And one of them is shine. Maybe it's a mirror. Maybe it's something metallic. But something reflective to really pop in the space. Another thing that you're missing from my Super Secret Seven is an element of black. I think one element of black, whether it's the base of an end table or a tray on an entry console, really provides an outline for the rest of the room. Because black is the combination of all the colors mixed together, it's the deepest darkest tone in color theory. And so having that most extreme representation puts all the other colors into context. I also think, Maria, you know, because you asked, um, that you need some plants in here. Something alive, whether it's an animal, right, or most commonly plants, they can really add another dimension to the room. Not only cleaning the air, but also, you know, putting us back in touch with nature. We're really used to seeing plants. We feel very safe and comfortable around them. and. I think no room is complete without some kind of nature inside. All right, Maria, those were just a few ideas. For more ideas, head over to my book, Affordable Interior Design, and check out that Super Secret 7 chapter. You can also get the book on my website, affordableinteriordesign.com. And when you order it there rather than Amazon or Barnes and Noble, well, I will sign it for you. So that makes it even more exciting. All right, my last question of the day comes from Dina, and she writes, Betsy, our heritage is very important to us. How should we include cultural artifacts in our home? Kitchen, art, decorative items, etc. All right, Dina. Well, there's lots of ways to incorporate your culture without making your space feel like a theme room, right? I love including maps. I love including family photos, but not just of your immediate nuclear family, but going back in your ancestry and finding those black and whites from your grandparents or your grandparents' grandparents. That can really add another dimension to the space. Then of course, if you've recently traveled to your homeland, well that is a perfect opportunity to pick up something like a vase or a wall hanging, Or maybe a great throw blanket for the couch. Because typically those pieces that reflect a cultural heritage are going to do so through accessories. Typically, you know, we're not going to choose a couch or an armchair that reflects our cultural heritage. So you want to find those small ways, those tiny touches that have a big visual presence. And because throw pillows or a throw blanket are on the piece de resistance in a living room on the sofa, they will really be center stage. Again, artwork will as well, but maybe if you have a mantle and a fireplace, that is the perfect place to display those family photos where they'll really get a lot of attention or to put a vase from your recent travel. So Dina, that's just a few ideas. I hope it's inspired you. And when it does, make sure to send me after pictures. I would love to hear how everything turns out. Guys, if you have questions, the mailbag is getting a little light. Feel free to send them to info at affordableinteriordesign.com. Once again, that's info at affordableinteriordesign.com. And have a fabulous week. Bye. Bye.